Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. Those of you that do not know me, my name is Mabel. I'm one of the elders here and I have the privilege and the honor of bringing the word of God tonight. It's a privilege not only to share it in this house, but it's a privilege um, to share it under the covering of our apostle and our prophet, our spiritual parents. I honor them for the work that they have done. Um, I always tell my disciples, I am very grateful always for the people that have in any way, shape, or form get me closer to Jesus or get me closer to God. Like if you're able to do that, like even if you get me real mad real quick, but because of that you got me closer to God, like... We have a connection. We have some sort of connection because you got me to know him more. So my spiritual parents have done that for me. I'm very grateful for them. I'm very grateful for my natural parents um, as well. I wouldn't be the person I am without their guidance and their, and their counsel. It is Father's Day this weekend, so if you have a father... Or you have a father figure around. Do not lose the opportunity of honoring them. And obviously my mentors. Pastor Josue. Pastor Amari. They've paid a high price for me. They have trusted and believed in me. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that. Um, how many of you. Let me ask you something. You've been coming to the apostles class. And pastoral care. Can I see your hand? Alright. Not that many of you. So to the ones that have come. Some of these things might sound familiar. Good. It's a refresher. And to the ones, the, the many of you that you've never come, to hear that message and pastoral care, you're going to be blessed tonight by the word of God. Amen? I said amen? If I'm here talking with this mic, boy, you better believe you're going to be, do some talking too. I ain't going to be talking by myself. I'll tell you that much. All right, so we're going to be talking about pastoral care tonight. Say we mean pastoral care. Good, good. You learn quick. All right, all right. Pastoral care. What is pastoral care? That is the first thing. We're going to get down and dirty. We're going to get into some good stuff. But before we get there, I want to define what's pastoral care. What's this whole thing that you're talking about? Because let me tell you something about, I'm not into this whole church stuff. So you want to be talking about pastoral and all this jazz and I don't even get. Wait a minute. I got you. The Lord got you. So sit on top. You know, one day I was doing my nails. <laughs> it's a funny story. I was doing my nails, and for the ladies here, I was getting a pedicure, right? So I went to the chair, and I sat to get the pedicure done. And I promise you before the Lord that I went like this. <laughs> like to put on my seatbelt, right? But I was so embarrassing. The whole salon was cracking up. It was embarrassing. But why do I tell you that? <laughs> I don't even know why I told you that story. I tell you the story because sometimes... Um, your brain will pr play um, tricks on you and it will make you think that when a word, for example, is shared, it's not for you, but it catches you by surprise and the Lord just speaks last minute. What is pastoral care? Pastoral care is simple. It's very plain. It's loving and caring for the people. Pastoral care is loving and caring. And what type of love? Not just any type of love. An agape love. 
And you know what's the thing about the love of God? That it is beyond your capacity and beyond your comprehension. And if you actually come here to King Jesus, you've heard that time and time again, but you still don't understand it. That's why you still feel bad about your sin. You still feel bad and guilty about the things that you've committed. You still do something for God or, or you're expecting for God to do something for you, but you feel that for God to do something for you, it's like you got to serve him. You got to pray for 20 days. You got to fast for 40 days. And while all that is good, the type of love that he has for you is not the type of love that you're used to. Have you heard the, the, that saying that says, it is better to owe someone money than to owe them a favor? Yo, because if you owe someone a favor, you're screwed. But the Lord doesn't work at that level of reciprocity. He, he doesn't do something for you and expect for you to do something back. That is the level of love that pastoral care speaks about. And then it's also caring. But what is caring? Caring is feeling and showing concern for an individual and to identify their pain and do something about it. You know, in the book of Matthew chapter 9, it says, And Jesus was moved with compassion when he was around the villages because he saw the sheep scattered like sheep without a shepherd. But you know that when he says that in the book of Matthew, the whole chapter speaks about a bunch of miracles that he did. Because the way that Jesus cares for you and I takes action. Pastoral care is not only about loving people beyond your measure and beyond your limitations. It's to care for people and do something about it. How many of you, you're like, man, I feel so bad for the homeless that I see out there. I feel so bad for this person. I feel so bad for this one. Oh my God. <laughs> but you don't do anything about it. Pastoral care the difference between just feeling bad for someone is actually taking into your hands the action. I want you to go with me to John chapter 10. And we're going to be reading a lot of chapter 10 tonight. John chapter 10 verse 11 through 13. How many of you you've heard? Look, we're going to talk about a lot of verses that you probably heard a million times. Even if you're not a Christian. Psalms 23. You know Psalm 23. You've heard it. But sometimes the things that are very close. Sighted to us. Because they're so close. We cannot see the revelation of it. And they're shredding your face. But God is about to wake you up. With some verses that you thought you knew. But you never applied. He about to slap you in the face. With the same old verses that you got saved. But you never walked. You've heard about the. He leaves the 99 for the one. It sounds kind of unfair to a certain extent. Yo, you're going to leave your 99 sheep to go after this one? That verse will sound unfair until you realize that the one, it's you. That one person that the Bible is talking about, it is you and I, my friend. And you know what? God, is, bro, he has so much wisdom. You know why he is willing to leave the 99 for the one? Not only because the one means you and I, but because he knows that when the 99 stay behind, they stay in unity. And the Bible says that when two or more are gathered in his name, there is the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter that the 99 stay behind as long as they are united. Because they cannot divide a house that is united. So it doesn't matter if Jesus is willing to leave the 99. Because there's so much power in unity. 
that when all the sheep are together, the Lord knows, you know what, you save, you together, you're in unity. And because you're in unity, the Holy Spirit is there. Let me go and take the one. And I was telling the Holy Spirit when I was praying today, my God, I need a revelation of who the shepherd is. The shepherd is Jehovah Rohi. And he said, my brother, the thing is that when the, the wolf comes, and we're going to see it now, he comes to scatter the sheep. And I go when that happens, and I go after the one, and I'm like, Lord, I know that. He says, yeah, but I'll still go after the one if the one will leave by choice. And that's when the prodigal son, that's when that story kicks in. When you scatter and you go away, not because the wolf came. No, but you don't know what I've been going through. That's what I walked away from church. That's why I haven't been coming because you don't understand what's going on in my family. If you would know what's going on in my family, you will get what I haven't been in church in the last three weeks. That's the wolf. But when you do it all on your own, the shepherd's still willing to go after you. John chapter 10, he says, I'm going to read it from here. If you can please put um, the amplified version. He says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That is the level of love that he moves in. And I'm going to leave that the other verse for later. And who needs this type of pastoral care? Who's supposed to give this side of pastoral care? Say with me. Everyone. Everyone is supposed to give and receive pastoral care. Why? But I ain't even called to be a pastor. Let me talk to you for a second. It does not matter. Because the Bible says from the beginning of time in the book of Genesis that you and I were made in his image and likeness. And because one of the names is Jehovah, is Jehovah Rohi. That means that a part of his heart is consumed with being a shepherd. It's consumed with being going after you. It's so consumed with loving you that just because of the fact that a part of his heart is consumed with caring for you. Just because of that, it is enough reason for you to care for someone else. And for you to allow yourself to be cared for. I don't even like people. It doesn't matter. I'm not a mentor. It doesn't matter. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a parent. I'm not going to be a dad like Joe. It's okay. It doesn't matter. You still got people under your influence. And all those people under your influence, you're supposed to care for. And that's why we're talking about this tonight. You see all these messages for you? Touch your neighbor and tell them. Yo, this message is for you. No, tell them, yo, this message is for you. Try to be all nice. Just because you're wearing your Friday night clothes. Why is it needed? Why is pastoral care needed? We're getting to somewhere good. Because love and care is what sustains the growth. You know that if you don't care, for example, for a plant, it will never grow. The things that you don't care for in your life will never grow. Love and care sustains the growth. Not only your people, not only your discipleship. I'm talking about your relationships. That's why that relationship with that friend, with that person, with that boss, with that employee ain't prospering because you ain't investing love and you're not investing care. And between love and care, there is a lot of time involved, my friend. And that is the currency of pastoral care. It is your own time. And in order for you to give your own time, you got to give of who you are. Bro, and I love the fact that God speaks about time 
in such a sneaky little way because time is something you can never get back. You can never get back your time. So make sure that you're investing it in the right people. But what if they don't deserve it? Those freaking disciples I have, bro, they're tripping all the time. I hear you, man. You're laughing because you know it's true. My girl, my, my dad, my kids are so ungrateful. They don't get it. Colossians chapter 3 says, my friend, do unto them as you were doing it unto God. Because God ain't concerned if they're grateful or not. God is concerned with the commandments. That's why time and time again, yo, people, Jesus was just bad. Jesus was, mm, he was bad. People will go up to him time and time again, and they will tell him, yo, Jesus, how can I get eternal life? Because we want the quick answers. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. Just tell me real quick. This whole eternal life jazz that you're talking about, yeah, how do I get it? How do I get it? And Jesus, time and time again, you will see that when the people were going after a specific answer, he'll be like, you know the commandments, right? It's like you go to prophet, prophet, give me a word, give me a word. And they tell you, you know John 3.16? No, 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 I, I want a word from the now because I don't know if to leave my job or not leave my job. I need a word from now. How do I change? What decision do I make? Do you know the commandments? You know why Jesus said that? Because until you don't have a foundation, you're never going to be ready for a revelation. So even though you think you know the commandments, see, if you're not living in them and you're not walking in them, every time you ask God for an answer, he's going to lead you back to the basics. He's going to lead you back to the beginning. Because until you don't get that part straight, you're not ready for a revelation that is cater, that is drama to your situation. He's going to keep leading you back to the basics. You can even obey the commandments. What do you want a revelation for? What are you going to do with it? You already have this and you don't follow it. What makes you believe that if he gives you a specific business plan, you're going to run with it? Because everything that God speaks to you about is never going to make sense. That's how you know it's God. So because this don't make sense and you don't believe it, he ain't willing to give you a word about yourself because you ain't going to believe it either. And every word that comes out of his mouth carries his DNA. That means that every word that is released out of his mouth has power of creation. That is why in the book of John it says, and the word became, and the word became, Because that blood and that word carried the DNA of the Father and was able to become flesh for you and me. So you think that God, knowing that the words that he carried, carry his DNA, he's just going to be throwing it around like confetti? We're talking about words of life. And he ain't just going to trust it to just anybody. He's looking for soil that knows how to steward those words. He's looking for soil that is obedient. He's looking for sheep that obey his voice. What is this whole pastoral care for? It's for the people. It's for growth. Why is it needed? Because love and care, my friend, are one of the most important things that the human heart craves for. 
you and I were born with a craving for love. That's why from the moment that we're born, we're craving embrace. It's a natural re reaction. It's how we're wired inside. Because you and I were created with a piece of eternity inside. And that piece of eternity is always going to cry out for Abba. That's why maybe you came here and it's your first time and you feel something a little weird. It's that piece of eternity saying, yep, uh-huh, I'm home, I'm home. Yeah, this is right, yeah, I must be home. But you're so crowded in your heart that you don't understand it. But that's fine, we're going to talk about it too. Why do you need pastoral care? Because you cannot heal people. Not only are you called to give pastoral care, you're called to receive it. And you cannot do it without the supernatural. I'll prove it to you. Let's go to the book of Luke. Chapter 4, four verse 18. Luke 4, 18. You can use the Amplified. All right. You read it from there and I'll read it from here. And he says, this is Jesus talking. And he's actually quoting Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He did what? He anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Everything he says after the word he anointed me is because he's anointed. So he got anointed for what? To preach. He got anointed to announce and release forgiveness to the captives. Yada, yada, yada. And he got anointed to set free those who are oppressed, bruised, crushed. He anointed you and I, my friend, to be healed and to heal other people. There is no way you can go out and heal nobody without being anointed first. Jesus himself said, I am anointed to go and heal the brokenhearted. You need the supernatural power to do it. You know that broken heart that the Bible speaks about in Hebrew? In that specific phrase, you know the Bible was not written in English, right? In the original text, it says that broken heart suffers the pain. Like a heart when it's about to die. Like if the heart has been shot and broken into a thousand pieces. It suffers the pain like if someone walked all over your heart. That is the type of pain that the Bible is speaking about in the book of Luke. And Jesus was anointed to deliver you from that pain. How does pastoral care look like? And there's the good stuff now. So for those of you that are taking notes, okay, I get it. Pastoral care is loving care. It is for everyone. I am supposed to give it. I am supposed to receive it. I need it. I cannot do it without his power. But what, how does it look like? Teach me. I got you. How does pastoral care look like? It looks like risk. Say with me, risk. You know that loving someone is a risk? But when you love the true love of God you're not measuring the consequences and maybe the guys can relate more to this than the girls trying to pursue a girl you don't care how much the play cost you don't care how much how far you got to drive and boy you know you got that lease so those miles are about to add up but you don't care because your love at that moment is measuring no risk because you're so focused in the finished product that you don't look any other way. You don't look left and you don't look right. And you're not measuring consequences. That is the type of love that Jesus gave. 
And I imagine the disciples like, yo, Jesus, you are about to die to, to die for all these people? My butt, yeah, you know, Lord, she loves you. Put that other man over there in the back. Lord, he's going to reject you. Don't die, Lord. Don't go to the cross for them. Love takes risk and it doesn't measure no consequences. That means that even if you're willing to respond to his love or not, he would have still died for you. Because he wasn't waiting for you to answer to his love. He was willing to love you anyway. There's no amount of perfection and no amount of sin that can mess with the love of God. You can never outsin him. You can never be too perfect for his love. <laughs> Bro, God is good. He's bad, I told you. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 33. I'm going to give you the definition of what pastoral care looks like. Number one, it looks like time and love. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Number two, it looks like care and protection. And this is um, some man, again, <laughs> the Bible says it was a lawyer. And he was asking Jesus, you mad people that were smart will ask Jesus for everything. Every sort of advice. And like Jesus was just so full of wisdom and that's how you knew it was from heaven. So the lawyer comes and he asks Jesus, yeah, how do I make it to heaven? How do I get eternal life? And the Lord is telling him the commandments and he goes, oh, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he goes, oh my God, who's my neighbor? Jesus, who's my neighbor? And Jesus is like, I got you. The good Samaritan. And he starts telling this story about some man that is walking from city to city. And in the way down, he gets robbed. If you're from Latin America, you know how that looks like. I'm Dominican. I sure know how that looks like. You get robbed. You get um, disposed of your clothes. You ain't got nothing on you. They rob you. I don't know why they would take his clothes, but maybe he was rich and his clothes are fancy. Who knows? Probably anointed. That's right. And he says that he's there in the middle of the street and he's wounded. And a priest passes by and walks right by. And a Levite passes by, a worshiper, and passes right by. And a good Samaritan looks at him and stops. Let's stop right there. That means that you ain't need no title to get pastoral care to nobody. Because if a priest didn't stop and a Levite didn't stop and a good Samaritan that was a foreigner was willing to stop, you and I qualify as well. And he says in verse 33, but a good Samaritan who was traveling came upon him and when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion. Say with me, compassion. And he went up to him and bandaged up his wounds, putting oil and wine and he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn, took care of him. And on the next day, he took money and gave it to them, to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him. And whatever more you need, I will repay you when I return. There is no true care and not true love without resources, my friend. Gotta make it rain sometimes if you're willing to love some people. You gotta show your sacrifice sometimes if you're willing to love some people. And some people are going to take resources out of you because your time, your money, your advice, your wisdom, it is a holy resource and you got to be willing to put it down for other people. But you know what's the good thing about this story? That it then says at the end, then Jesus said to him, 
Because then he says, um, which of the three do you think, Jesus trying to prove a point, that is the good neighbor. And he says, well, the man that had compassion. And Jesus says, go and constantly do the same. Constantly. I can't believe this person is so ungrateful after I picked her up that one time. If Jesus would have believed in you that one time, my friend, you would have run out of grace already. Because sacrifice is constant. What does pastoral care look like? It looks like food and supply. It looks like you got to feed. If, if you got to take care of people, you got to have something to offer. That's why nobody want to follow you. Because you don't got nothing. I was teaching leadership last week. And I was explaining to the people that when Jesus called the disciples, he called out Peter. And he said, yo, stop fishing. And I'm pretty sure that if you fish, you don't fish in the shore. I, I don't like fishing. But I'm pretty sure if you fish, you don't fish in the shore. You go out, you know, out there. Jesus probably had that voice. That was like, yo, come out of there. And if you come out, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He had something to offer. He had something to offer. He had something that the people that followed him would be like, my God, you make, what does that even mean? And he says that Peter at that moment left everything and followed him. Businessmen and followed him. If you want to be a leader, if you got to care for somebody, my friend, you got to spend some time in the presence. You got to get filled with word, with enough word for you, your family, and the people under you. You got to get filled with wisdom to the point that when somebody else comes to advise, you already know what to say. You can lead nobody if you cannot feed them. Pastoral care looks like food. It looks like needs being supplied. It looks like constant sacrifice. We spoke about that. That's why the father said, I lay down my own life and I choose to do so. You know what is so powerful about your love for God and about your surrender? That is willingly. If it wasn't a choice, it wouldn't be that great. That's why the, he prefers for the angels to be quiet and listen to your own voice. Because it's coming out of a choice. And it's coming out of death. Because you could be doing something else, but you chose to worship. You could be anybody anywhere else on a Friday night, but you're sitting right here, my friend, in the presence of God. So he's willing to stop all of heaven to listen to your voice and my voice. Because it's coming out of a choice. And choice is what makes it powerful. Choice is what makes it great. Choice is what defines the ordinary from the... Pastoral care looks like relationship. I like this one a lot, so we're going to stay there for a few minutes before we end. You know that the challenge of your faith, and I want everybody to look up here. The challenge of your faith is not so much to hear God. The real challenge is to stop hearing other voices. 
You ain't got to challenge my friend to hear God because you're made in his image and his likeness. There is something in you that hears the voice of God and recognizes it. The trouble that we have is shutting down other voices because you're hearing them too close. And I'm going to show you in the word what he says in the book of John chapter 10. Man, John is my favorite gospel. He was a crazy lover. Can we put John chapter 10 verse 3 and 4? And he says, the gatekeeper... I'll read it for you. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, him being Jesus, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He's talking about the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him. Because? Because what? You know you don't know. I get that a lot because I'm kind of loud. Sometimes I'm in the hallway at my job and then someone comes out of the bathroom in the second floor. And they're like, I know it was you. I know it was you downstairs. Because they just know my voice. That's the voice God gave me. I love my voice. I love it. My voice carries his DNA. I love my voice. And he says, he should follow him because they know his voice. And they will never... Follow a stranger. <laughs> but I love this thing. I love it because I love it. <laughs> he says they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him. Because they don't recognize his voice. <laughs> and here you are. In your room. Lord, is it your will or not? Lord, is it you or not? Is it left or is it right? I don't know. I don't know, Lord. You cannot be deceived if you hear his voice. As a matter of fact, it's not even that you cannot be deceived because you can't identify his voice. He anoints you to the point that not only can you identify his voice, you can identify when someone else speaks and know that it's not him. And because you know that it's not him, you are able to run away because it is on a stranger's voice. And the sheep are not only equipped to know the voice of the shepherd, they are also equipped to know the voice of a stranger, discern it, and run away from it. And run away from it so it will have no place in you. My so why am I so confused? Because you've given the place of the shepherd to someone else. You've been intimate with someone else. So because you're so intimate with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, with your friend, with your mentor, with your voice. You've given the place of the shepherd to someone else. You've been intimate with. So that is the only voice you know. That is the only voice you recognize. That is the only voice you follow. My mentor said so, so I guess it's okay. My mom said so, so I guess it's okay. What about what God said? But you don't know. Because you gave his place to someone else. You gave that place of intimacy to someone else. Someone else became your shepherd. So the only voice you're able to recognize are the voice of other people. Confusing you. But you cannot know his voice without intimate relationship with him. And if you're relational with everybody but him. You will not be able to ever hear his voice. Because the place of his voice is taken by everybody else and their mama. And you go and pray. Lord, reveal to me what your will is. Good, favorable to me. Father, reveal it to me. And you're quiet. 
And it can be real loud in outside and it doesn't matter because the voice of God comes from the inside. That's why the Father said, I want to be in you and you in me. I need to be in you and you in me. Father, be in them. My God, be in them and them in me. My God, because the voice of God is not on the outside, it's on the inside. So it doesn't matter if it's real loud outside as long as it's not real loud inside. Because the voice comes from within. The voice of the shepherd is within. You know how intimate that voice is? Moses goes to Pharaoh. Let my people go. Who said that? I am. Pharaoh was confused because he didn't have the revelation that Moses was carrying. That within him was the river of living water. That within him was the shepherd. The chief shepherd. Within him was a voice that can quench every other voice. Within him was a voice that calls out the sheep. And the sheep follow it. Within him was eternity. Within him was I am. To know the pain of people you must know them first sometimes I get home and if you've been blessed enough to have a mother with you I get home and and I've had a rough day at work or whatever it is and my mom can hear my steps in the kitchen and she will know something's wrong with me the way I walk I don't know they have a sixth sense I don't know She knows me. If you don't know people, you will never understand their pain. You got to be relational. You got to care for people in relationship. You got to learn to shut down every other voice. Voices every day are going to compete for your affection. And they're going to compete for your attention. The problems, the diagnosis, the doctor, the finances. Your FICO score is going to compete for your attention. But if you're able to focus your gaze on Jesus, you're able to shut down every other voice on the outside. So you can listen to the only voice that matters on the inside. The voice that cries out that comes from the shepherd. Don't focus so much on your inability to hear God. Focus rather on his ability to make himself heard. Bro, hey, let me tell you something. God ain't counting with you. He knows you ain't that cool. He knows you about to mess up. He's aware. He's fully aware. And he's unbothered by that. That's why he says, the sheep know my voice because he's willing to call out for the sheep. Don't be so worried. I can hear his voice. I'm so messed up. I see too much. And you're crying. And you're desperate. Yo, stop being concerned with you hearing him. Be more concerned with the fact that he's chasing and he's crying out for you to hear him. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. That wisdom is like a woman that shouts out in the street. The Lord knew what he was talking about. He didn't say "Uh -uh, wisdom was like a man because y'all too quiet. He said, wisdom was like a woman, and she shouts out in the streets. He is craving for you to hear his voice. Pastoral care looks like trust. 
John 10 again, he says, my sheep, I want to actually read it, John 10, 14, and he says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You know, to the level that God compares the relationship with the sheep, this is kind of insane. And if you read it with Revelation, it's going to blow your mind. Let's read it together. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as. As means what? The same. The level that he wants you to know him. If you can go to the next verse. is right here. Even as the father knows me. And I also know the father. The stake for your relationship with God are pretty high. Because he is concerned and he is craving for you to know him the way he knows you. He's craving for you to know him the way the father knows the son. And my friend, the father knows the son. The father knows the son because the son is him. The son came from him. And you came from the son. You and me, and me in you. The voice of the shepherd is within you. I'm almost done. Are you learning something? How do you receive this? And I close with this and we minister. I need all the elders inside. So all my co-disciples can help me shoot them a text. How do, how do you receive this pastoral care? Number one, if you're a leader, if you're a manager, you got people under you, you got employees under you, you're the father and you lead a home and you're supposed to lead your wife. You're a boss and you got people under you. You're a mentor and you got your disciples. Any sphere of leadership where you influence people, how do you care and love for them? How do you receive, I just showed you how, how do you receive that anointing to care, that anointing to love? Before you do it, you got to receive it first. You got to allow yourself to be nurtured. You got to allow yourself to be healed. To be fed. You got to allow yourself to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. And he says, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all say with me all of our troubles he is the counselor the prince of peace before you can go and counsel other people you know in a plane when they say if the mask comes out put it on first before you help someone else you got to be comforted first before you're able to help someone else. And you got to be able to receive that comfort. Number four, you got to surrender without reasoning. Because your reasoning is going to hinder your surrender. The more you reason, the less you're going to want to surrender. The same way that you got saved by faith, you surrender also by faith. And last but not least, you got to believe by faith. That he is your shepherd and he will lead you so you can lead other people. I'm going to close with Psalms 23. I want everybody to go there. I'm going to show you something that probably you've never seen before. And if the worship team can come out. 
you as the good shepherd. I want our eyes up here really quick. You know that hidden in Psalms 23, there is so much of the identity of God. So when you understand he is your shepherd, you receive a full package of who he is. The revelation of him being your shepherd is going to change your life. And I'm going to show you how. And then we can begin to worship. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I want you to read along with me. And pay attention. If you can help me with my mic. The Lord is my shepherd. Is Jehovah Rohi. My shepherd. I shall not want. That's Jehovah Jireh. My provider. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's Jehovah Shalom. My peace. He restores my soul. That's Jehovah Rapha. My healer. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That's Jehovah Sidniku. My righteousness. It says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's Jehovah Shama. Always with me. It says, you prepare a table in front of my enemies. That's Jehovah Nisi. He's my banner. You anoint my head with oil. That's Jehovah M. Kadesh. My sanctifier. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's the Jehovah, Jehovah Shasidi. The Lord is my mercy. And he says, and I will do all in the house of the Lord. That's Jehovah El Elyon. There is so much identity of who he is. But you're recognizing that he's your shepherd. And he wants to counsel the sheep tonight. Before you can lead other people. He wants to make sure that you're comforted. He wants to make sure that every wound in your heart is healed. Jehovah Rahi is here to comfort the flock. I want everybody to stand to your feet. And I want all the elders to come to the front. He's about to clear your wounds tonight. Close your eyes right there where you are.
shepherd to your flock. Your sheep are crying out. We need to know your voice. We need to know the voice of Rocky. We know to know. We need to hear your voice. My God is born to the cross of people.
to be up front to receive from God? Don't put your eyes on men. Put your eyes on the shepherd. Lift up your hands. If you want an encounter with God, in the name of Jesus, I release an encounter with his presence. At the sound of my voice, let the shepherd encounter the sheep. Let the shepherd heal the wounds. Let the shepherd be revealed unto you. My God, let the revelation knowledge of who you are. Follow me, your people. In Jesus' name. Receive it, receive it there where you are. There is his presence. of the shepherd why don't you come out we're gonna pray for you no lines come out come out come out come out of your seat come out of your seat it takes a step of faith 
Nah, you said that I can receive here on my faith on my seat, but I'm also telling you that faith requires action. Kind of out that seat and as a step of faith, you told the Holy Spirit, my God, I am ready for the shepherd to encounter me. I am ready for the shepherd to see me. Come out everywhere that you are in this temple. If you need a fresh voice, if you need a fresh word from the Spirit of God, come out and the leaders you get before the people. If you're a leader, a mentor, and you already got prayed for, go and help us pray for the people. Go and help us pray for the people. There where you are, we're going to release words. Come on, if you, if you want to hear from God, don't stay in your seat. Don't get familiarized with the voice of God. You know that a familiar Christian can quench the voice of God easier than a non-believer? Because you're so used to seeing him work. You're on your seat like it's all good. No, I get it in prayer. No, my friend, you get it right now. Don't you, disre- don't you dare to disrespect the presence of God. If you're okay with where you are, that's fine. But if you're hungry for more, I dare you to come out of your seat. And let the Holy Spirit extend a word for you. Every mentor, every house of peace leader, if you got prayed for, help us pray for the people from side to side. In Jesus' name. no cost father let our love take a risk let care and protection be released let my god the needs of your people be supplied let my god sacrifice of the lamb be revealed to them that they may sacrifice for others let trust and relationship be released and let the abundance of who you are hover over your people right now in jesus name lift up the worship
worship. Many of you, you've been struggling with guilt. You, you're, you're there, you say, I cannot lead. I am not good enough. I am not good enough. I made too many mistakes. My leadership is not pure. The Holy Spirit is removing those burdens. If you think you don't, you don't qualify to be led by the shepherd, he's removing that burden right now in the name of Jesus. At the count of three, I remove from your back every burden that is keeping you from leading. Every lie of the enemy that's telling you that you're not good enough. Every lie of the enemy that is telling you that you will never make it. Every lie of the enemy that tells you, no, this is not for you. You don't qualify. He's removing you. He's removing. He's removing you from the equation. And he's placing himself in your place. He's placing himself in your job, in your shoes. It will no longer be you. It will be him through you. If you need that deliverance, if that word is for you, lift up your hands on the count of three. I declare the Holy Spirit delivers your mindset. The Holy Spirit delivers your mindset. Right now, at the sound of my voice, by the authority of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the place and the authority of Jesus, I bind every decree of your own mouth that is keeping you bound, that is keeping you bound. I release you from your own words. I release you from the words of people. I release you from your past. I release you from your guilt. I release you and I declare deliverance is all over this room. Deliverance to lead, deliverance to hear, deliverance in the name of Jesus.
the sound of my voice. Hands high. High up to heaven. Like saying, I am the sheep and you're the shepherd. Come in. Come in. Come in. Call out for the sheep. And say, Father God. Say louder. Say, Father God. Father God. Tonight. Tonight. I recommend my life. As a sheep. To my chief shepherd. I receive your love. I make a pact with you. I make covenant with you. A covenant of love. To be loved by you. And to love others through you. I receive your love. That I may care. And that I may love. Other people. To the point of death. I receive your grace. To protect. To supply the needs. To live in relationship. To live in trust. To live in constant sacrifice. For you. And for your people. I give you I give you room. Say, Father, Father, I give you room, I give you room to, become to become my shepherd. My shepherd. I, receive I receive the revelation, the revelation of Jehovah Rohi. You, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. Say it out loud, you restore my soul. Say you restore my soul. You lead me in the path of righteousness. Even if I walk through the valley of shadows, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff shall comfort me. You prepare a table. Say it like you believe it, you prepare a table. In the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. Place your head your hands over your head. Say you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Place your hands over your belly. Say my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of my Lord forever. Forever. Amen. And amen. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up to the shepherd. He just stepped in. Your life will never be the same after tonight. For the revelation of the shepherd is with you. Come on, give a hug to somebody. I bless you. I declare you are prospered. You are blessed. The blood of the Lamb goes with you. And the revelation of Jehovah Rohi shall follow you home. And it shall never depart from you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let the blood of the covenant speak for you and speak through you. In the mighty name of Jesus, i see you here next Friday. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today and a special shout out to those who follow us on a weekly basis. If you love what you heard, hit the subscribe button and follow us at Remnant Youth on Instagram and YouTube. God bless you. We love you.